Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of in-the-trenches, tell-it-like-it-is reality therapy for personal, business, and real estate investing success. With your hosts, powerpreneurs, Angela Thomas and Ron Phillips, it's time to get real. everybody. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. I'm Angela Thomas and this is Ron Phillips. Hey, Ron. We're here. Here for another awesome episode of uh, getting real about everything you want to know about with uh, business and and real estate. So here we go. So last time, if you guys listened to our last episode, we ranted on and on about what happens after you uh, decide to buy your first investment property and sign that contract. Hopefully you listen to that. It was it was interesting. It was good. Today we're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, what to do, what not to do after you close on your property. So, can we start with what not to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what not to do is always more fun, right? You know, we are always here for our clients. I mean, we pride ourselves in the fact that we're always here for our clients. You could buy a property from us, you know, ten years ago. Call us up today. We'll help you out. Right. We'll help yep. you out with it. You know, if yep. there's something going That's wrong, true. And it you want to make sure you're successful. But here's what not to do when you call my office. Well, or anybody else's for that matter. <laughs> or if you're doing this on your own, I mean, don't, don't tell your spouse this. Okay. Don't do this. We had a dude call our office eight months after he closed. Now, I'm going to preface this with the fact that he received his his call from our office, make sure everything was going well when he closed, yada, yada. Hey, reach out if you have any problems. Yeah, this dude sure. calls back eight months later and he says he's never received any money. <laughs> eight months. Never Every received. time we think about this guy, I'm like, what would it be like to not even worry about, you know, not getting money on nah. something you bought for eight months, right? He's like, I said, I mean, what do you say to a dude who just learned eight months later that he had never received any money? I mean, at this point, I'm thinking, well, did the property management company fall off the face of the planet? I'm I'm almost a little bit pissed for him, even though, you know, he should have known before eight months. Someone should tell him that his tenant moved out, right? So I called the management company, just try to figure it out. And Angela, guess what? What? Huh. Property management company been trying to get a hold of him for seven months. That sounds about right, actually. Yeah. That sounds so dumb. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the poor guy. Don't be this dude. No. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. What, I mean, when we say passive income, that is not what we mean. <laughs> I mean... Uh, got to make sure you're getting your money. In addition to that, it's fairly important to communicate with your management company. They're not calling for their health. No. If they're calling you repeatedly, emailing you repeatedly, there's, there's a reason why they're trying to communicate with you, right? Yep. I mean, all of that sounds, somebody on this going, this, this, they made this up. I I swear to you, we didn't make this up. (laughs) His property sat vacant for Seven months, and the eighth month is the they they didn't pay, so they got evicted, right? 
Um, right. Which is good. I mean, his property management did what they were supposed oh, to there, but... but they can't fix the property and release it without him saying it's okay to do the repairs. Right. So I that's mean, as far as they could go. Yeah. So don't be that dude. I mean, so it, it stands to reason then, Angela, the first thing you might want to do is what? Maybe contact your property management company and make sure everything's ready to go. Right. Make know. sure they got your bank account, routing number, your contract sign, your setup to get payments. I mean, yeah. You would think someone would want the ACH payment. I think yeah. if I if I had just closed a property, I would want to make sure that my property management company had the means whereby they could actually give me my money. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you're different out there in podcast land. <laughs> and if you are, I'll partner with you and make sure the money comes in for a small fee. I mean, if you're too lazy oh, yeah. to check your account, I'll do it. <laughs> account, I'll do it. Ron, you might have people actually take you up on that. So hey, small fee. Small, small fee. fee. Just a little yeah. fee. Ron's expensive. I don't believe him. Small relative, right? <laughs> Right. Small to him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, make sure your management company has all the info they need. You also want to make sure they have your home warranty information. Oh, That's pretty important. Oh my gosh. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. And I mean, if you're buying a property with us, we send it to them, but it's your property. You're the one who is going to be impacted by you know them not having it. So if, if I was the one buying the property, I would still check with my property manager and make sure they have it and they're good. Yeah, I mean, you just want to make sure things are set up properly before you start moving down the road and realize things aren't set up properly, you yeah. know? And it um, doesn't matter who you buy the property from, you know? I mean, we we try, but there's certain things we can't do. Like, right. we can't give them your ACH information. We can't do that. We can't sign your contract for you, no. right? I can't open up your bank account and make sure you got your first, you know, pay. I can't. I can't do those things for you. Um, uh, yeah, don't don't let us do that. That's prepared. weird. I'm not the guy they're going to call. They're going to call you, and you need to make sure that they're sending out the home warranty people and not, you know, the people that you're going to have to pay full price. I mean, you, right. it's your responsibility to do those things. So, yeah. So having a, a relationship home warranty with is a good cap. <laughs> that's ex that's an expensive mistake right there. That is. That's really bad. And it's one that's pretty common. So if you're listening to this, please make a note of that. That's very important. And then like Ron said, you know, this guy, what did he not do? He, uh, he didn't check his account and didn't watch to make sure he got paid. Ron, how long does it take to usually get your first payment after you close? Well, not more than 30 days. I mean, it depends on when they pay out. You know, let's say they pay out on the 15th and you closed on the 20th last month. You know, that's not right. a 30 day cycle, right? So, I mean, um, you should get paid out within the next, within 30 days. But I, you know, I would make sure I understood that with the management company. When should I expect my pay? You know, and that Definitely. way, you know, every single month you can, there's these cool things. I mean, I show, you guys know I'm a youth leader at church. So, you know, occasionally I'll, I'll hold up my phone and I'll say, there's really cool things on this phone. Like this one has a calendar on it. Oh, what? Feature. No, wow, you got one of those advanced phones, Ron. No, right? <laughs> I've never I heard can, of that. You can actually put a reminder in here and it will beep at you when you're supposed to do certain things. And the, the youth are just now figuring this out. Supposedly, they're way more advanced with technology than we are. 
but apparently that's only to pay games. No, it's just with games and selfies, really. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're way better at duck face than I am. (laughs) So don't be um, like the youth. There is a cool feature on everyone's phone nowadays where you can actually put it in here and it's, and it's just going to pop up and say, Hey, check your account. You can be as sarcastic to yourself as you want. Hey, dummy, look for money, you know? So whatever you want to say, but I would put something in mine that says, check your account. If you're high speed and you've got a bookkeeper, you can say, Hey, bookkeeper, you want to make sure all my money comes in like it's supposed to come in. You know, if you've got 10, 15 properties and you don't want to do that anymore and you want to hire somebody to do it. Fantastic. Right. I have a bookkeeper. She tells me if something doesn't come in right or if my money from my apartments is less than it should be you know all those things right those are things you need to know man so if you're doing it yourself you need to make sure that you're checking it seems seems basic it does it does but you know we got to say it because of that one guy out there Mm -hmm. uh and then setting up mortgage payments you know your tenant is (laughs) is paying for your mortgage but you actually have to make sure they are set up right and the management company guys they do not make your mortgage payment and they shouldn't. And if they offer to make your mortgage payment, you still, they don't nope. make your mortgage payment. Okay. That one you need to control um, because that um, the, your credit's on the line, you know, so you want to make sure you control that one. This one actually is one that, that people have questions about more frequently than you would think, because you're going to get a loan through a mortgage company. And then afterwards your loan is going to get immediately sold off to another bank. Yep. And you're not going to know who that bank is until you get the cool letter from that bank. Which so you need really, to watch for. Yeah. 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 So you got to watch for it. And then sometimes the letter comes from the bank and it doesn't actually tell you how to make your payment. It just says, congratulations. You now owe us. <laughs> you now owe us all this money. Thousand, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And that's confusing because you still don't know where to send your payment. But there's always a phone number. And I would make sure you call and make sure you get your, if you're going to do auto payments, which I was, what I would suggest, set them up, make sure that they're set up right. If for whatever reason, that letter doesn't have any contact information, you have absolutely no idea how to get a hold of them. Then you should call your mortgage broker back because they will know how to get a hold of them. Okay. Awesome. All right. And then, you know, from there, you got to keep managing this deal. Um, you got to, you got to stay in contact with your property management group and make sure you have a good relationship with them. And there's some decisions you have to make along the way, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, listen, property management companies are great. Property management companies do all of the things that we talked to you about in the property management company. But didn't we already do one on property management? Oh, well, maybe we didn't. If no, we did, we did we one should. on, we did one on keeping your tenants. So, all right, well, then in the future, we're going to have one on how cool property managers are. We'll have one of our property managers come on and say how cool they are. Yeah, we need but to have one on an interview. So, since they haven't been on yet, then we'll tell you some of the ways that property management companies will screw you over, even good ones, um, not intentionally, but sometimes intentionally. And you, you, you got to watch out for certain things, right? Because yeah. again, this is your investment. When they call you up and ask if you want to have, your, your, your filters changed on a regular basis. Uh, and you know, they set you up on a service. That's your decision, right? They're going to give you a sales pitch as to why you should do that because they make money from doing that, right? You have to understand that. 
Now, I can make a case both ways. Your tenants probably aren't going to change them. And because of that, you're going to have less of a life on your on your uh, air handler. Right. Okay. Or cuts into your cash flow because they're supposed to be doing it and not you. And now you're doing it and not them. And it's a pri- and it, all that is is a profit center for the management company. Okay. And there's a ton of things like that that they offer that you like, don't necessarily have to do. And it's your choice as to whether or not you do them. Like another example is uh, property management. You know, if they recommend replacing smoke detectors on a six month old home. I mean, I'd question, I don't know. I would question that. I'm no build. Hey, I'm no builder. I don't know everything about construction, but I would question that one. Yeah, I'd say really, they only last six months. That seems, that seems a little ridiculous. So it does. Yeah. I mean, even the batteries should last longer than that. They should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, I mean, there's a lot of common sense involved in this. They're going to ask you, you know, they're, they're always going to want you to do these things. Like Ron said, it's a profit center. And, you know, you, you have to make sure your tenants are happy and that they have everything they need to live comfortably. But, you know, you don't want to be spending all of your cash flow on these extra maintenance items. So and let's, let's just make sure we're clear on what t- uh, making your tenant happy means. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because not doing anything they want. <laughs> because I tend to have occasionally tenants that want me to do things that are maybe a little above and beyond, so to speak. Yeah. Now you could make the argument that if someone has lived in the house for five years and they are getting ready to do a lease resign and they ask you if, if, if you'll replace the carpet for them and repaint. Oh yeah. You did mention that one. That's I mean, you yeah. could say yes to that if you wanted to. Now I think that that is above and beyond, you know, yeah. I, I don't plan on going that above and beyond for my tenants, especially when they're the ones that mess the carpet up to begin with and the paint. Right. So the answer on that one is a big fat no. But your management company, you got to understand your management company, they, they, they're kind of like a dual agent. You know, they, if, the man, if, the, if the tenant asks, they, gotta ask, they have to ask you, right? And that doesn't mean you have to say yes, just because your tenant asks something. So you know, use your brain there too, because the management company is going to make money if they go do the repairs or in, install carpet or whatever, right? So they're all for it, but that doesn't yeah. mean you have to do that. And um, you know what? My tenant moved out. That's fine. Now I'll replace the carpet and I'll repaint it and I'll raise the rent and then I'll release it. Okay. And screw you, tenant. <laughs> Not replacing yeah. the carpet for you to re- destroy it again. But that's a math problem you got to do, right? You determined that you would end up better off if that tenant left and you had a new tenant, even with those repairs you had to make, right? So yep. that's that's a decision nobody else can make for you. You as the owner and as the investor have to determine if that's a smart financial decision. Yeah, and I'm not even sure that was a smart financial decision. It was just that might have just been an f you from Ron, but that, was, that is exactly what it was. <laughs> if we're getting real, uh, no, I'm not replacing the carpet that you tore up. Uh, no, I'm gonna leave. Okay, screw you man. All okay, right. go ahead, leave. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you in your ever widening butt on the way out. Oh Thank you. All right. And sometimes it's not a smart financial decision. You just want a new tenant. And that is your decision to make as the owner. Right. See there? So. But you, you can't, you can't make those kind of decisions. If you're not involved, you don't answer your phone. Yep. Okay, so 
Uh, we also have a lot of people ask us, so Ron, I kind of wanted you to answer this. We have people ask like, should I let my tenant pay late? You know, is it worth filing an eviction or should I just let them pay late and wait for it? And how often is that okay? What, what's your opinion on that, Ron? You have a lot more tenants than, than I do. So. Yeah. So, I mean, if people are, are notoriously late, but they always pay like the week after and they just want to keep paying the late fee, God bless them. I'm fine with that. I'll take the extra money, right? Usually I split the late fee with my management company. It just means I get a little bit more rent. It's all good. On my apartments, I get all of it. I don't split it with anybody. So if they want to be late, that's fine. Now, if they want me to put together, if they're if they're late and they go, I'll pay you know, $200 this week and then $300 next week, and then I'll pay $400 on the last week of the month. The answer to that is usually no. Unless there's something in their life that's going to turn that around, that is a train wreck. Because yeah. the rent is due for the next month on the 1st, and they just gave me the rest, the 400 on the on the end. Where are they going to get the 900 to pay me on the 1st? Right. So I, I need a story that says, this is going to turn around. Because if it's not going to turn around, then I'd just as soon get them out and okay. get somebody new, Right. I mean, they're going to live there for free anyway for 30 days. So I don't feel too bad about it. Um, but I need somebody who's going to pay me. And and this is all just common sense too. Sometimes okay. the management companies will will say, well, we've put together a payment plan. Okay, but we'll, <laughs> the what? next question to the management company, well, what happens after the payment plan? Because right. we can't continue to do a payment plan forever. I'm not going to take $200 a week for, for the rest of the, of the, the length of this thing. No. Right? No way. And if they can't afford to pay it now, what's mm -hmm. going to change? Maybe, maybe they they just um, were laid off from a job and they've got a new one starting and it pays more next month. Okay. I mean, I'm fine. That's a good sign, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a heartless person who's going to say, nope, not only did you get fired, but now you're going to get evicted. Right. But there has to be something on the other end of that that says that things are going to turn around because if they just got fired and they don't even have another job, and there's no way to get the money in, well, then I'm, I'm sorry, but there's, there's no way to pay the rent anymore. And you right. probably, you're doing them a disservice letting them stay there and try to make payments when they can't afford them. They need to go somewhere where they can afford to live. Right. Does that make sense? Hopefully that makes sense. That does make sense. What about those people? Because I've heard this from quite a few people actually, where they're, they're waiting for a payment that the property manager tells them is coming. The tenant says, yes, I'm going to pay it. I'm going to pay it. How long do you let them keep saying that before you file an eviction or give them an eviction? Oh, no, 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 you, you, no, 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 no. You All file right, eviction immediately. And then you Wait. say the eviction, I mean, they already know this. The eviction gets stopped if they bring the payment in two weeks later. Okay. Right. If, so if they immediately bring the, like the day it's late, you're talking or you wait a week or so. Yeah, no, you, you, you post, depends on the state. Sometimes you have to post, uh, you know, a three-day pay or quit. Sometimes it's a five-day, sometimes, I mean, every, every state's different, right? But as soon as you can post the notice legally, you should post the notice. Okay, because I know and a I'm lot of people even that invest with us, are their property manager asks them for permission and they will tell them to wait because the tenant says they're going to pay. But you would recommend everyone post it AS ASAP. Yeah. And here's the reasoning behind that, right? Yeah. Because usually it costs a couple hundred dollars to file an eviction. So you're out 200 bucks. And then if you file the eviction and they're going to pay two weeks later, 
Well, then you're out the 200 bucks and they paid you anyway. So you could have just waited. That's, that's the rationale. Right. Right. Yeah. And financially that makes decent sense. But when you get the tenant that says they're going to pay you in two weeks and then they don't, and they say, I just need till next Friday. Okay. Now you're three weeks in and you've not filed. Now you start the filing. You've missed three weeks, basically a month. And this happens to a lot of people, a lot. That's And the other thing is too, is wouldn't you prefer that your tenant knows that you're serious? I would. The lease says the rent is due on the first and you, on the fifth, you're going to file. And if you don't file, what does that tell them? It's the same thing as it tells your kids when you say, you better be home at 10. And if you're not home at 10, then you're going to be grounded. (laughs) And then they get home at 11 and you go, well, you were close. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) what happened? Oh, I'm sorry. You had to stop and get gas. Uh, That's too bad. Oh, okay. Okay. Back in my day, back in the olden days, it doesn't make any difference if you had to stop and get gas. You should have stopped and got gas earlier. You should have planned for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) no, if you don't file, you're teaching your tenants that it's perfectly acceptable to show up two weeks late and then ask for another week. That You're you're teaching them that that's what you expect and that you're not going to do anything about it. So, are you out $200? Yep, I'd prefer to be out $200 and my tenant know for sure that if they don't bring the money on the first, on the fifth, we're filing. Gotcha. I think that's great advice. Thanks, Ron. Uh, what about, we also have people ask us if they should have their property manager perform regular inspections. Cause I know that's sometimes an extra service. Some property managers just do it, but most, most charge, most charge um, for it. Because yeah. there's going to be a tri- trip charge for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a bad idea before you re-sign a lease, have it inspected, make sure that they're not tearing it up. Because if you re-sign a lease and they've been tearing it up for a year, you've just signed up for another year's worth of tearing. Yeah. And that's going to be massive maintenance, right? Okay. So that's another one that's totally up to you. But, you know, I think if you're a a more conservative investor, that's definitely a good idea and worth the money. I would do it for sure. And then people also ask, like, how, how will they know when it's time to sell? What's the next step? Um. Well, I mean, we did that video on return on equity. I think that's a pretty good one for them to go visit. You know, that one will tell them. I mean, that'll tell them exactly how to do it. Plus, that makes people who just started go back and listen to to our rest of our videos. And so, especially, (laughs) I want you to go back and just listen to that one. Yeah. And we also did one on keeping your tenants and whether you should raise rents or not. So, go back and listen to that one if you're curious about that. I mean, I, I really think that. For for post-close, you've just now gotten into your property. That's a pretty good litany of things that you need to do. I mean, if you're if you're you're moving into year one, year two, stuff like that, and you've got other questions. I mean, most of this has most of this is some common sense stuff, but for for whatever reason, people just they just forget it or they or they don't know to do it. And so we just wanted to make sure everybody understood this is this is what you do. And I think what let's do is we 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 said we might do a lightning round. I think what we should probably do is just let's do a lightning round uh, of these and we can answer any question you guys have about yeah. rental properties, yeah. property managers, financing, anything you want to know. And we'll just do kind of what Angela and I were just doing. We'll just we'll just go to town on like whatever questions you guys have. 
Yep. It'll be like lightning round. I'll just, I'll just fire off answers. So we'll do that in a couple episodes. We want to give you guys a chance to send in your questions and anything you're curious about big or small, if you could just email your questions to invest at rpcinvest.com. That's invest at rpcinvest.com. And then also give us any feedback you have. Go to getrealestatesuccess.com and uh, you can subscribe to our podcast. Give us any feedback you have. uh, Give us some suggestions for future topics. And then make sure you check us out on Facebook at Get Real Podcast and like us and let us know what you think. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll help you with all your friends. Time. And uh, we'll be back. We'll be back soon. Something else. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. We'll see you guys. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com. <laughs>